You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. First, I wanted to take a second to thank all the women who came up to me while I was in Kona producing live podcasts and other content with the Feisty Media team for the Ironman World Championship race. I love meeting audience members, and it was so exciting to watch so many of you put it all out there on the Ironman course. And the whole experience also just really reaffirmed that we all have so much inside of us and so many great adventures ahead of us, especially when we believe in ourselves. And speaking of great adventures and believing in yourself, I have a great show for you this week. And it is all about finding that inner confidence and belief. And in this case, it's through parkour, which if you're aware of it at all, you probably equate with running up walls and leaping off tall buildings. But, you know, lately I have been seeing a lot of midlife women taking up parkour. I have a couple of friends who are really into it. They go to conferences, they go every week, and I you know, caught this story online on one of my news sites about this woman, she's 53, pennies and cootie, who started doing parkour. And now she's like an addict and feels stronger and more confident than ever. And I was like, all right, I need to know more about what's going on here. So I dropped Penny a line and she said she would love to talk about it. And she had a friend, Rachel Gray, with a similar story. So they both came on the show. And I really loved this one so very much. You can hear how infectious and positive, they just love it so much. And you can hear how the practice has positively transformed their sense of self and how they view themselves and the world. It's super inspiring. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I will put a link to Penny's Instagram in the show notes so you can check out all the cool stuff that she talks about during our conversation. All right, before we get to it, as always, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Feisty Menopause. Sign up for my free weekly menopause blog at feistymenopause.com. While you're there, check out our Level Up membership where you can meet with menopause training experts and other people like we have on the show. Every month, we have monthly office hours with me where I rant and rave about everything that's on my mind. It's it's quite the good time. So check it out there at feistymenopause.com. Finally, quick thanks to our OG partner, Prevenex. I can't stop talking about their Joint Health Plus product, but I've also heard from an audience member who loves their multivitamin product. And she says, quote, I am impressed with this supplement. I have noticed a measurable difference in my energy levels and sleep since I started taking it just three weeks ago. Highly recommend. So there you have it. Another satisfied customer. Thank you, Prevenex, for your ongoing support. And uh, that's enough of me. Let's have a few words about those awesome sponsors and get on with the show. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. 
They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice-cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. All right. Well, we have Rachel and Penny, and I'm... I'm very excited to talk to you guys both about this because, um, you know, parkour is something we had on Julie Angel, you know, who is like was delightful. And she she talked about parkour, but like a lot of other things just about movement. And I have but I have all these friends in their 50s who are discovering this this thing that I always sort of regarded as something that nobody in their fifties would ever take up, you know, like I'd look at it and just think this is something that someone does in college or something done, you know? So it's, I'm really, I think this is really intriguing and I'm, um, Penny, let, let me, let me start with you. Both of you, you know, we talked earlier to get to know each other and you're so infectious and enthusiastic about this, but I want to start with Penny because I saw, you and that's how I found you both in the ABC news piece about women over 50 finding freedom in adventure sports and there's this great photo of you saying you found your strength again doing weekly parkour classes and I'm just going to kick it off with that opening paragraph of the piece because I just thought it was so great um Penny Zankudi 53 feels at home playing board games and reading books, but recently she stepped out of her comfort zone and taken to running, tumbling, and jumping from one-story heights. She has been doing parkour. How did you get there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had an unexpectedly sporty child. (laughs) So coming, coming from a very 
um, bookish family myself and having married someone similarly, you know, intellectual, we're quite head head focused. Um, I've, I was really surprised to find I have both my children are very sporty and both do parkour, but my daughter is particularly a person who is in her body and is only sort of finds her happiness by moving. And that was something I'm really not familiar with. But she's dragged me along. I've helped, you know, I've, I've supported her stuff. And then about five years ago, she found parkour, as did my son. And there just happened to be a gym down the road, which isn't very common because parkour gyms, like you say, it's pretty niche. <laughs> um, but they both instantly loved the sport and I loved watching them. And it, so I never did the drop off and leave. I would always stay and watch because watching people move around that gym in ways that you don't think humans can possibly do, like defying gravity. It's just, I found it so exciting to watch. And over the years of watching them, I started to, well, dream about it, dream I was doing it, and just to start to view the world through the lens of parkour, like I'll walk past a railing or a cool-looking walls and think, oh, nice jumps there, if I could do it. Um, so it was just inspirational. I guess. And then my daughter was super supportive of me playing with her. Um, and so and so were the people at the gym, you know, it's a very inclusive community. Um, and then I think the final and, you know, so we were often invited to join in at games at the end as the mums who were watching. And I'd occasionally do that. But, you know, it felt I felt out of place. You know, I, I, I was like the mum. I was too old. I was, you know, had sore knees, whatever. And then I the final push was when they asked me to be involved in growing the female participation because it's definitely a very male-dominated activity. The Both the adults and the kids' classes are like 95% boys, or it was then. And so I suggested starting up a women's class and idly said that if you start one, I'll do it. <laughs> and so they went, yay, okay, let's do that. And so I did, thinking I'd do it for a few months and then drop it because I don't do sport. You know, I don't do sport apparently. Um, and I've just loved it. So that was been 18 months and I'm going strong. And every Monday I do sort of get to the end of the day just before class and go, oh, you know, I'm a bit tired. I don't really, oh, um, how can this old body do that thing? And then I, but then I arrive because I have this wonderfully motivating daughter. And by the end of the class, I feel like a different person. I feel, you know, flexible, loose. I feel different in my head. You know, it's, it's so wonderfully invigorating. So I, I try and hold on to that in between times. Yeah. So that's how I came to it. I have many questions um, that I want to follow up in. But first, I want to hear, Rachel, how did you get into it? Oh, um, well, so I have also a very active child who um, my son, my oldest, would be out climbing trees, you know, anything, any playground equipment. It's like, oh, I can't see my son. Look up. Where is he? <laughs> He'll be up high. And just had to embrace the fact that I was never going to be able to stop him from doing that. But I was always going to need to um, find a way for him to do it safely so that, um, you know, not stopping him, but supporting him to do that. And we we found parkour, the same gym um, that Penny and her children were going to. 
Um, and I was so grateful to have people who could teach him uh, how to fall properly and, you know, land properly and bail out when things weren't going well. Um, and so also like Penny spent a long time watching, um, you know, I'd sit in the waiting area, which was actually inside the shipping container that children would jump off <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and just sort of sit there um, waiting and watching and going, gosh, why wasn't this around when I was a, you know, when I was a teenager, I would have loved this. You know, I was very active. I did gymnastics. I did horse riding. I did climbing, you know, abseiling, love to do sort of adventure things and adrenaline things. Um, and just, yeah, kind of spent a long time watching, um, you know, going, oh, this is so much fun. And then just one day went, why, why, why am I not doing this? Like, why am I, why am I not playing too? Because it is actually just like a giant playground. Um, so yeah, just decided to, to give it a go. I think primarily because, you know, the women's class was running, it felt a little less intimidating to go and give it a try. Um, I knew that Penny was doing it. There's um, another mum that goes um, and I just sort of went, yeah, I feel like that's a really safe place to go and explore. And I, you know, just, yeah, I'm fully, fully hooked. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sort of Monday class. Yeah. Like Penny, Penny mentioned, you know, you can be tired and, oh, can I really get there? And, you know, the juggle of all the things that you have to do in the day. But just that that drive to parkour, knowing that you're going to that class um, where, you know, the community is so welcoming, um, you know, the it's kind of like an extended family and that sort of Monday fun day family of, you know, um, sort of just, yeah, heading off to parkour. It's, it's really exciting. So, yeah, just it took a long time of watching. I was a long time watcher before I committed to getting onto that gym floor. But um. I'm so glad <laughs> that I've started. Um, so you both came into it um, with with similar motivations from different starting points, you know, which, is, which I think is interesting and I want to dig into it a little bit. So Penny, like you, unlike Rachel, we're not sporty, you know, and, you know, I see all the books behind you, you describe yourself in a certain way. And, and now like mm. you've discovered this. Uh what does it look like? What did it look like for you to participate in it? Like I, I have not ever gone to a class, so I don't know. Like I know nothing except what I see people doing. My nephew's into it. I have a couple of girlfriends who are into it. But like, if I were to go to a, a class, like where's the starting point? Are you all doing the same? Like, does somebody come up to you and say, jump over this thing? You know, like what is, what, what do you do? So the structure of the class, um, yes, it is a structured class. So out the gym we have, we're fortunate to have in Sydney, is uh, they run classes and then open sessions. So the open session is just when you're allowed to come in and use the gym as you will. But the classes are a structured event and, yep, there's an instructor or two, depending on the size of the class, and they'll start with a warm-up, which I'm always obsessive about, of course, at my age. It's so important to warm-up. Um, the young people sometimes want to rush that and I'm going no I'm doing every joint in my body and every muscle <laughs> um, then there are some skills so they run a sequence of skills so we've just done walls um there'll be vaults there'll be bars what else do we have oh jumps and strides floor everyone's least favorite because it's not very exciting <laughs> and and willpower week which is always a, just it, it can be anything but it's really about challenging your um your mental game I suppose so yeah there'll be skills and we'll line up and take turns 
practicing the technique, so it's tech, and then, yeah, just a series of different skills and practice, so it's very focused, and that's where you learn how to do things, how to do things safely and hone in on, you know, what, because when you watch the people doing it, it looks effortless and natural, but actually I was amazed as I watched over those years to hear how specifically, you know, how how planned and structured those movements were. They actually break it down and you'll walk things through, step things out, you'll practise things at a low level before you take them to a high level. It's 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 remarkably well. I mean, it's not as random as it looks. Rachel, can you add anything? <laughs> yeah, look, there's definitely, um, you know, over the years watching people working up to doing that big jump, even watching, you know, my child wanting to do something that isn't within his current range um, and just watching him break it down into bite-sized pieces. And I know I do that myself, you know, it's like particularly like the the days that we're doing our strides um, or jumps in particular, you sort of give yourself a little marker on the floor and you practice and you sort of, you know, you're comfortable, you can do that same jump five times over and then you add a little bit of height, like it might only be a tyre height, but you jump from tyre to tyre. And it's like, I know I've got the precision because I've been, you know, landing on this little tiny point over and over. And just adding even just that little tyre, it's like, oh, if I don't get it right, I could twist my ankle. <laughs> and then, you know, you sort of take it up to a metre or, you know, hip height. And suddenly there's this whole new fear factor of going, but I know it's still the same distance. You know, I've even got a slightly bigger landing spot than, you know, I've been sort of precisely landing on, but suddenly now taking it up to this next level adds this whole new level of mental challenge. Um, But you can overcome that because you know that you've got the skill, you know that you can do it. I've done it, you know, I've done it 10 times over now on a tiny height and I've just got to just got to try doing it. And it's really hard. There's this sort of moment where you go, I can't do it. And then you're like, I have to do it. I can do it. I know I can do it. And you sort of find that inner <laughs> moment of doing it. And that and that level is really different for people. That's the beauty of um, being in a really mixed age group class that we're in. You know, we've got teenage girls. Um, my daughter, who's 10, sometimes comes along. You know, we've got, um, you know, me in my 40s, Penny in her 50s. Um, you know, Lisa's in her 50s. And everybody in between, all different levels. Some people doing it for the first or second time you know some people have been doing it for years um and you can just sort of everybody learns the start off skills and then quite quickly will go and find their own level with that um so you know sometimes you've got people you know worrying about bumping their head on the roof because they're doing their jumps up there you know people kind of looking for yeah I'm just going to go from one mat to the next but everybody can practice that skill comfortably you know and then are encouraged to you know challenge themselves at that next level so yeah there's a real breakdown you know of the skill um from what you might see say on a YouTube video on an Instagram reel you know that looks amazing and you're like how do people defy that gravity to to watch it sort of being prepared in the gym that way um you really sort of can go okay there's so much work that's gone into just being able to achieve that brief you know five seconds of filming (laughs) might have taken weeks of courage I totally get that um can you give me Rachel while you're you, you broke that down so beautifully like specifically for you is is there is there a move or something that stands out that you didn't like like I don't know if I can do that that you were able to do 
Oh, yeah. Look, um, for me, um, my little nemesis um, has, uh, but I've got a couple, <laughs> but primarily the first one that comes to mind is jumping on rails, you know, a sort of a round, shiny object, which you see often in your urban environment, you know, shopping centres out, you know, along the streets. Um, you know, you see people jumping on them, even skateboarders like riding on them. And, you know, they're, they're quite a quite a common thing that you find out in the environment and you know we have those in the gym we've got some that we can move up to different surfaces place on different heights we've got some that are sort of welded down from the ceiling um but finding the confidence to jump from one platform onto a rail and land it on the rail you know on this sort of round and you're like my foot can slide off there are so many things that go through your mind um the first time I've sort of jumped from rail to another rail at sort of a meter high just my legs were shaking my breath was shaking like the whole of me was shaking but it's like I've just done it like 15 times over on the flat you know I've done it at a tire's height I know I can do this I know my feet can land on this bar but somehow just with that extra height you know it it's so scary um but that reward of doing that and landing it and just the elation that you feel is I think that's part of the addiction of kind of going back every week going I want more of that I want more of that feeling of success that you know that that I've pushed myself and I'm so pleased that I did so yeah the the rail the rail was a big thing for me um you know, and watching my children do it, going, "Oh my goodness, they're going to slide off!" Right, you know, it's even harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to just land, landing on a rail. You know, just that innocent little bar, but it just brings up so much, um, so much mental challenge to think you can land on a shiny round bar. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's been a big, a big feeling of success for me to to start doing that at height. That's awesome. And Penny, same question. Yeah, I second the I second the bar story. Bars are terrifying, and it's very exciting to nail one of those jumps. Um, for me, my struggles usually upper body strength. I've always had quite good solid legs, so I like the jumps and the strides, and that's all fine. But for me, trusting my grip strength and yeah feeling like I can pull myself up it's still something I'm working on so we do a lot of wall runs which is where you run at a wall and ideally you run up that wall and then just jump up on top you've probably seen people doing that um and so that's I set myself the challenge to achieve a particular wall we have in the gym which has a slight slope it's not completely vertical a very slight slope but it just makes it that bit more mentally uh, accessible and I've been working at that and I think it took me just over a year to be able to actually clamber up on top and it's not the most graceful thing but the day that I achieved running up that so I think it's about I don't know two two and a half meters maybe two meters so it like just I mean it's, t- it's tall enough for me that I have to reach my arms up run a couple of steps up and grab hold and then it's that pulling up and pulling myself over and yeah it it was a super exciting day because everyone had watched me and I've got little video clips of the progression at the beginning when I could barely lift my you know like get off the ground to finally be able to 
scale that. I always joke that I'm doing this so that in the zombie apocalypse I have a slightly better chance of running away, you know, <laughs> because I want to be able to scale a fence and, you know, jump up and climb up on something. <laughs> yeah, so now I feel like I could probably get away from a zombie. It's good. <laughs> that is That is awesome. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the otter is stuffed with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and otter has taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. So fear, like fear is definitely a thing here, right? Like, you know, you both mentioned like things look scary, you know, and um, that comes up a lot in this community because especially around like the menopause transition, when hormones start changing, a lot of women experiencing like I'm a mountain bike racer, you know, and I experienced it for the first time at that level. Like there'd be things that I would ride in my sleep that all of a sudden like were like made me nervous, you know, Um, and it I'm wondering uh, if either of you have experienced any of that in in yourselves or uh, how do you deal with the fear in general if you haven't? Oh, I think it's very real because, because I think as you age, you lose. I mean, it's the fear of injury, right? Because we know that older people don't recover as well. You don't bounce back. You don't bounce or stop like kids seem to bounce. <laughs> um, so yeah there's always that fear of just doing your ankle or doing your knee but one thing that I've really embraced is that I love coming away with minor you know bangs and scrapes and bruises because I was finding I was getting those anyway I'd bump into a chair or trip trip down a step or something and have some annoying injury and now if I come away with a massive bruise from parkour I go yeah cool I was doing parkour I'd much rather be injured from engaging with life and doing something super fun um so in fact if you think about it like that you can't be afraid of injury you know to a way that's going to or else you wouldn't not get out of bed let's face it so it's taking it to an extreme doing something like parkour, but not really. 
Um, but, th but that is the fear. And I do notice, I think that's the difference between coming in cold, literally, I am very conscious of the warm up um, and minimizing because I notice that as soon as I stop concentrating, that's, that's when injuries happen in parkour. And I see it with everybody observing them. You know, when you're actually training with focus, it's very safe because you don't push yourself beyond what, what you can do. And as a, as a woman in menopause or perimenopause, because I'm still perimenopausal, uh, and my hormones totally uh, all over the shop, and I notice some days I just don't have the fortitude to push. I just don't. And, you know, but fortunately by the time you get to this wonderful age, you do know yourself pretty well. So when, so when my young instructors are sort of going, yeah, come on, let's do this, and I say, you know what, today I'm not going to push that. I just really don't want to. And that's fine. You know, I don't have to either. And because there are, you know, there have been times when I've just had, had a little cry, you know, <laughs> because it's scary and I'm standing there and I'm thinking, normally I would do this. What's, what's up today? And I just feel all a bit emotional. And I just say, look, it's one of those little hormonal moments. And what's nice about being in the women's class is I just say that stuff and it's, it's a reality. So. I like to be frank about it. <laughs> no, that's Someday, great. Yeah. We've had, uh, I've had a couple of rock climbers on and they say very similar things, you know, that they, and there's high consequence for some of what they're doing. And they're just like, there's some days that you're just not sending it. And that's, you know, and that's okay. Do you have anything to add to that, Rachel? Yeah. Oh, just, 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 was, um, just was going to say, I mean, certainly because we do like a six week tech rotation in the classes. Um, yeah, there were some weeks where it's like, well, I know the last time that we did this, I could do that. But you know what? This week, I just, I just can't. I feel like I'm learning it again for the first time. But that fear of injury is, is very real. It's like, well, if I, if I break my ankle or if I sprain my ankle or if I hurt my knee or, if I fall from here, yeah, who's going to drive me home? You know, got a busy household. Like, there's, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal if I'm out of action in my home life. So you do sort of have that self preservation that you, it it's kind of there. It definitely wasn't for me when I was younger. Um, you know, I definitely spent, you know, I was sort of first name terms at accident and emergency <laughs> with, you know, getting x-rays and things checked over from my horse riding days in particular. But um, yeah, as you get older, you're a bit like, oh, hang on, there's some real consequences to, you know, being immobilized for six weeks in a moon boot or, you know, <laughs> it's just sort of not being able to, you know, get up and just, yeah, be that person that your family needs of you. Um, and one thing I've noticed, I'm also sort of just at the very beginning of my perimenopausal stage. Um, you know, I've noticed a lot of women around me are talking about um, ADHD, not being able to concentrate, sort of half finishing things, all this kind of like multitasking um, that happens. And I know for me, I've sort of questioned, gosh, have I, have I got through my life sort of not really realizing I have ADHD? But I've started to look into that myself. It's you know, the drop in estrogen creates really similar, um, you know, sort of feelings. And so for me to be really focused during my parkour classes, like like Penny said, you know, the moment that you lose concentration is when errors come in. Um, so it's it's really fulfilling for me to have that time of going, okay, 
really concentrate on what I'm doing um, and then have a little bit of downtime while somebody else takes a go. Um, but then, you know, sort of bring back that full sort of being present um, to, to, you know, whatever task it is that I'm trying. Um, I've noticed for me, yeah, I definitely can be away with the fairies quite easily. <laughs> um, so just keeping that in my mind going, okay, I really, you know, if I'm not fully present, if I'm not fully, you know, what's across what's happening here, it it's hard. It's hard to sort of say to yourself, you know what, don't do it today. Let it go today. Come back and revisit another day. Um, but part of that is also acceptance of, you know, being vulnerable or, or not wanting to put yourself in that vulnerable space, um, particularly with all the other responsibilities that, you, you know you have at this stage in your sort of family life it's yeah go ahead penny you look like you want to say something i was about to just add something about falling and this is something i'd like to ask you too as people who have been more active because i i know you know i teach children so i know they fall right kids run around and fall over all the time and as adults that's something that that becomes less and less Mm. common and quite scary you know just and embarrassing like when you fall over you know falling over is not not a good thing coming to parkour has made me really one thing I've I wanted to practice a lot at the beginning was just flopping over falling so we'd always get get the mat out and I'd say I'm just so uncomfortable just like falling so I just practice flopping and falling and not and not tensing like so there's a whole thing about learning to roll because obviously there's a lot of drops in parkour and you have to learn to drop and absorb the impact and and then if it's too much you go into a roll and and all of that and that's that's always actually very challenging for me because of that joints thing always feels very risky on the joints but learning to do that properly and yeah the comfort of just feeling like you know how to fall a really important skill and one that I find ongoingly challenging yeah so is there a question in there about like because I've hit the ground many times well well I was gonna say well I was gonna ask you as because I know you're a bike you're 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 a cyclist you're a biker and you would like you have hit the ground many times and I mean so I'm just saying I guess you're you've had more practice at that and it's less scary for you well, you, you never know, you love get it. Up again mostly. Yeah, you never. I mean, it's funny because I, I, you try not obviously to hit the ground, but yeah. sometimes there's things out of your control. And I literally just, um, I was two weeks out from the current. I did a Ironman seventy point three a couple weeks ago, and I was two weeks out, and I was doing a giant ride with some friends. It was like hundred thirty miles, and ninety miles into it, um, there was a little mishap in our small little group, and the guy in front of me swerved and hit my front wheel. And we were going pretty fast, maybe close to 30. Oof. And I just went down at, at speed on, you know, this gravel path. And I saw it like time slows down. I'm just like, maybe I can save it. And then I'm on the ground. But like, there's something oddly comforting about crashing and being okay. You know, like I crashed. I knew immediately that I wasn't hurt. Like, and you also know immediately when you're hurt. You know, I knew immediately mm. like I've lost some skin, but like structurally I'm fine. So I yeah. just got up and I was just like, <laughs> rinsed myself off. And we we finished the ride. And it's uh, there's something very empowering about that. I'm not recommending that people go throw themselves on the ground. But also, I do think that, you know, you know, when you are when you are in these sports, you do learn sort of how to um, 
that time slowing down and sort of like you almost are adjusting. Like I know people who race in packs and they are actively looking for places safely to crash when everything is going haywire and it doesn't always work, but um, mm. yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a skill and it's, it's, I like knowing that I'm not fragile, you know, like yeah. I, I wouldn't like that. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, you did gymnastics, gymnastics, you fall. I mean, you've got to fall all the time growing up yeah. doing gymnastics and stuff. And horse riding, falling from oh, a absolutely. height. That's an extra oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm, skill. yeah. I does have a brain of, of its own. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dirt, a lot of sand over the years, just, you know. And yeah, that feeling of, right, that's fine. Dust yourself off, get back on. You, you know, that's it. You can't let that, um, you know, become part of your mindset. You just get up and get back on and have another go. Um, and I think parkour's very much like that. You know, it's I didn't get it right. Okay, what didn't I get right? Let me have a little think about this. How can I approach that differently? Um, you know, I'm gonna have another go. Or I was so close, you know, like next time I've just gotta, you know, reach a bit higher or, you know, just bend a little bit more before I take off or just yeah, pushing yourself that little bit more the next time. Um, it's a really good learning opportunity to reflect on, well, okay, that didn't quite go how <laughs> how it was planned. How can I approach it differently? Um, but the falling, yeah, it's it, it is. It's a scary part. But knowing that you have practiced falling, like quite often if we're doing a very difficult skill, we will practice that falling first. Um, you know, Penny and I have spent many an evening like running at a wall just to absorb the impact and bounce off, you know, and sort of land on our back or, you know, roll away um, for those moments when you don't quite get it right. Um because that then in turn gives you the confidence to, you know, fully commit to that jump, knowing that if it's not going right, you can bail out. Like learning to bail is, is um, it's a really important part of parkour, which I think is the benefit of learning in the gym that you can have a big comfortable crash mat. <laughs> That's right. I know a lot of the outdoor guys that are training, you know, they'll find like big mulch piles uh, in parks um, or they'll even move a mulch pile next to something that they want to practice on so that, you know, sort of nature's ground covering to absorb any mistakes while you're, you know, still practicing. Um, mm. I think, yeah, I think the falling is, is definitely a part of the parkour Um And that, yeah, like you say, it's embarrassing as an adult to fall over. <laughs> it's like... Because, you know, part of growing up is that you're mastering, you know, your movement and, you know, falling, I guess, is is the mistake. So you, you don't want to be making those mistakes, but it's it's important that you do because you learn so much from them. Mm, absolutely. And, Rachel, that leads me to that that wonderful transition that you're making from moving from inside the gym to outdoors, which is where parkour naturally, you know, should be occurring. Um, and you've you've been making some great strides with your outdoor parkour because it is a lot scarier just because it's less, well, I guess we know the gym and we know the shapes and we know the heights that we're practising on. But, yeah, suddenly you look around outdoors and think, oh, yeah, this is all just wild, like doing it in the wild. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> it is. It like it, Yeah, I find myself sitting at the traffic lights, you know, in the car going, oh, look at that apartment block. They've got really great walls out the front there. And, oh, look, that could be a water object. And you sort of start seeing the world around you, like through this sort of different kind of playground lens, you know, like your whole Mm. life, you look around and you sort of start seeing things a little bit differently. Um, And I'm often out, you know, with my 
son who you know is is also um sort of transitioned this year to being much more outdoor rather than indoor um and there's a part of me that kind of wants to you keep that connection with him uh to keep up with what he's doing and i mean he's certainly levels ahead of me you know i'll i'll jump from one thing to another and hold on and climb up and he's somersaulting you know over the top of them so he's at a very different level but to be able to go out and even just to run alongside him and film him when he's doing requires a certain level of you know dexterity just to keep up on that front but um it's really exciting to find all the outdoor spaces um and we quite often go bushwalking um which is again really different even than from being like in a car park where you know everything's sort of cement and concrete and everything's sort of got straight edges and you know that sort of thing but then jumping from you know it's a tree to tree or you know like landing on a branch but the branch moves and then there's that extra level of sort of balance that's needed um yeah you don't necessarily need to add lots of extra height or it just just sort of transitioning to outside you know without the comfortable landing spot uh, the fact that some of your, you know, objects might move um, <laughs> and not be in the same place. And there's certainly no calculated distances, you know, between them. Um, it's quite random. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a new and exciting um, level. Um, even like rock faces, you know, they're not smooth and uneven. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's some really exciting exploration outdoors, um, which is still quite new. <laughs> it's only been this year that I've sort of been trying that but um yeah it's a very exciting step to to be taking it sounds too like this is something that absolutely must transcend parkour like everything I'm hearing from you guys is like um a level of mindset and confidence and also physicality that must transcend what like just what you're doing in class or in the outdoors when you're participating in the sport? Like how has it affected you outside of quote unquote parkour? Yeah, I think it's a really big confidence booster. I mean, you just, there's a sense of taking up space in the world that, you know, I'm a pretty quiet person and I feel yeah, I feel really confident. I feel it's partly because I've been embraced by a wonderful com- community, but just yeah, finding my inner my my inner strength, and that's a emotional, psychological, and physical package. So it's been very liberating in that way, and that comes back to the taking it outdoors thing, um, doing it outdoors as a middle aged person is can feel quite challenging um I definitely like doing it with a buddy it's much more fun and you feel like if there's two of you playing outdoors who cares you know whatever but there is breaking through those barriers of societal expectation that you know we women of a certain age I've got gray hair you know should be quiet and not very visible and I'm and I'm really enjoying breaking those expectations. That's actually one of my favourite things. I have a T-shirt from the gym that, that says define beast. And I go, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm a beast. And it's just like so sort of hilarious and wonderful that I really, I really love to confound the expectations of anyone who might see me. Yeah. So that is, it's definitely larger than just moving my body and doing parkour. 
Yeah, there's there's so many levels um, which parkour does sort of transcend outside of, you know, a parkour session. Um, just, you know, those any challenges that you see, you sort of feel confident to, you know, stand up and have a good look and start to break break that down whether you know that's a physical challenge or a mental challenge um you know I know for me doing parkour there were things at the beginning I really couldn't do because I just wasn't strong enough um Mm -hmm. it really inspired me to go well you know what actually there's a strength session that happens at the gym you know it's run by a 30 something very muscly you know really strong person and there's no way that I wanted to (laughs) feel that vulnerable you know exposed myself and my you know sort of middle-aged not particularly athletic body (laughs) to these young guys who were doing you know 120 pull-ups and you know and it's like oh I'm not even sure I can do one pull-up but you know I want to I want to learn I want to give it a go and it's quite it's quite sort of I guess you know you feel this humility of like not being able to do those things but wanting to do that and it's like have I have I left it too late like is it should I should I be doing this stuff like is it a bit tragic that I'm trying to keep up with my teenage son um and then it's like but if if not now then when like if if I don't you know because in five years time I'm only going to be older I'm only going to be grayer I'm only going to be less able you know I have to just bite that bullet and go you know what I'm not going to be very good at this but I want to get better and the people certainly in the parkour community that I've come across are so encouraging um, and embracing of yeah start at any level you know we can help you sort of get there so in addition to the parkour I've been doing um, a strength class as well um, you know just really sort of challenging my physicality um, from doing, you know, I've always sort of managed to stay fairly fit doing things that I enjoy. Um, you know, sort of, I've never really been a go to the gym and work out kind of person because I sort of accidentally get fit doing the things that I like doing. And that's always sort of suited me better. Um, but going and learning how to, you know, do small weights um, safely, um, you know, just makes you feel so powerful to even though it's not a heavy weight but to be able to sort of go well you know I've done three sets of that and you know just yeah being able to feel like you're achieving something um physically really helps you mentally and emotionally going yeah you know what I might not have been very strong at the start but look at where I've come like that's a really defined time scale of me being able to sort of go from not being able to do that to now being able to do it um and only improving from that um it's been yeah really really beneficial for me in my confidence um and just yeah that ability to sort of take take things on knowing that I can break them down Mm. and start building yeah I I love that For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hebes. 
Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. So what would you say to women in the audience who are hearing this and super stoked, but don't know how to start? Like, where do they, how do they start? Well, that may be more or less tricky depending where you are because it is, but look, if you Google parkour and your area, you will find some things. So I know in the US there's, there's an active US parkour, you know, group. I think they are there. You just need to yeah. tap into the, the communities. There won't always be, be a specific focused parkour gym, but a lot of, um, you know, uh, regular gyms or um, gymnastics places and PCYCs and places like that run classes. I think for me, yeah, having, having a buddy helps a lot. Like with most activities, you know, someone who who gets you there, even if your motivation's low, that helps a lot. If you can find someone who's a little curious, the same as you, and um, I would suggest finding a way to learn it instead of just going out and trying it just for safety. You do want to learn some of those basic ways of protecting yourself. Um, I actually definitely don't like going out and practising outside without a buddy because I always have the, oh, what if I do something? Um, So, yeah. Uh, So I think Google's probably your friend. Rachel, have you looked into that more? Yeah, look, I mean, here in Australia, there's a lot of places um, that offer, you know, parkour classes. Um, A lot of the gymnastics centres also offer like an adult gymnastics class as well. Um, So just sort of getting that confidence in movement um, over, you know, obstacles is I think it's I think it's great if you can find someone to teach you. Um, we went on a family holiday to the UK last year, which is where I grew up. Um, there's definitely places there because we looked into it while we were there for a month. So my son was, you know, having major withdrawals from not doing his parkour classes. Um, there's a lot of outdoor parkour park areas in the UK. Um but also a lot of gyms that do offer parkour. There is quite an active community there as well. Mm. So there's, I think it's par- Parkour UK. If you sort of Google that, lots of, you know, gyms and offerings will come up. Um, mm. the, the same here, you know, there's a lot of people, they call them ninja classes. Like, so you have to, you have yes. to be a bit vague <clears throat> about the terminology for what you're searching for. Um, but yeah, sort of, you know, sort of any kind of 
outdoor gymnastics or urban gymnastics or yeah parkour ninja warrior that those sort of terminologies people can find that but you know I mean you can just start like at the local park your playground when you're there you know with the kids balancing on the logs you know practicing kids are on the monkey bars you know been dangling upside down from monkey bars and it it is a little bit of a okay I'm just going to be the mum that's doing all the stuff with the kids not sitting around you know kind of chatting with the other mums or sipping on a coffee or you know having some scrolling time on your phone or I'm going to be the active mum and it's a little bit you know it does take a little bit of um you know kind of okay I'm just going to do this and I don't I don't really care what people think if you know if if they they think it's weird that I'm dangling upside down from the climbing frame, or maybe they should give it a try. <laughs> exactly, you could be inspiring somebody you don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've found people are very inspired. I have to say, a lot of women say to me, you know, it's amazing. I wish I could do something like that, and I say, well, you can. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like I am so not a special fit, you know, parkour person. I'm just a regular. 53 year old and it did it took a while for me to come to it but I'm hoping with every little post and whatever I do on my Instagram that the seed is planted for a few people just open their mind that it is a possibility for women of any age to give it a go because I get great feedback about it yeah so that's nice that is awesome and I think that is a great place to wrap this up because it's been very inspirational and um, I think there's just so many benefits that never occurred to me, you know, until I started talking to the likes of you. So I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Celine. Well, that's our show. Come on back next week when I sit down with autoimmune and precision medicine specialist, Dr. Aaron Donaldson. We talk all about fasting for perimenopausal and menopausal women. You won't want to miss this one. So come on back next week. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty.